You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 316, History of the DC Universe, part one. And welcome to episode 316 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Daylight Dude. It's so weird yeah. to be recording this in, in daylight. I know, isn't it? It's very bizarre. It's a little, it's a little odd, I'm not going to lie. So I have uh, a family commitment coming up tomorrow night, so uh, we, uh, we decided to move recording up a little bit. And since it was just Darren and I, and I'm doing my best to stave off Millennium, um, Although we do have legends to get through first, we have legends first. Um, but still, but you know, millennium in, at any cost. Please. In finishing crisis, um, you know this 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 book was originally going to be the end of that. So you know, so we decided we were, we were going to do this. So we're, we're looking forward to this. So that's me. Over to you, sir. That's you. I am a paper boy, um, not from the uh, <laughs> game, video game. I am actually uh, oh, from the Crusaders. No, not for the Crusaders. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually um, no, doing a that lot was Peter, of paper writing today. Um, I've got two cases. One's due on Monday, one's due on Tuesday. I've got a uh, big paper due um, two Thursdays from now that I need to go ahead and get a jump on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm at my computer all weekend long. And yeah, that's Woo! that's my that's my weekend. Oh, um, yeah. Feel the love. Feel the love because I'm not feeling it. Uh, you're feeling something else down there. Are I you am not? feeling constipated, actually. I oh well, I didn't mean down there, down there. I meant, I'm a little. Oh. I meant down there geographically, not down there. Oh down well, there. yeah, it's a little cold. It got cold overnight. Um, <laughs> oh, we're sharing in the snow, apparently. There's there's some white stuff north of me. It hasn't hit us yet, but of course they think it's going to rain at some point today, yeah. and then it will drop to 28 degrees, which of course in Fahrenheit is a magic number. Yes. Because that means whatever water is left standing will turn into what, kids? That's, That's right. right. Ice. That's a flash fact. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe it's, it's a flashpoint fact. Do I still have those? Yeah. Hell is, <laughs> hell is cold, sucker. Um, and there, there's that. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm ordering food in. It may arrive during this recording, but that's fine. Paul will talk, and I will go grab my food. It's barbecue, by the way, the old-fashioned way. Which oh, none. Thank yum, you. Yum, fish sticks. Nope, no fish sticks. <laughs> a fish stick near a grill down here. Y'all are just wrong for that. So, <sighs> well, it's gonna be a good day. Good day. It Ooh. is indeed. So we are gonna get to the history of the DC universe, uh, which was the miniseries, uh, what prestige format, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, that came out in. Um, well, let me just check. <laughs> uh, came out in 1986, and um, Short, shortly after Crisis commenced. Exactly, and we'll and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, anyway, two issue prestige format. Um, the, not not much more about about uh, the actual format. It, you know, this was a no. new, but it was a new thing. Like I, like I think at the time they were referring to it as Dark Knight format. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it, it was a brand new thing. They had done Dark Knight like this. Yeah. And, and, and later um, it just became. But that was prestige. it. Watchmen was regular comic format. It, it was, it was. But but the prestige format, there were a lot of those coming up. Like uh, like yeah. most of the Elseworlds stuff was done in prestige. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. 
Because you couldn't do an alternate Earth story anymore because, well... There weren't oops. any. Yeah. There weren't any. So, uh... So else worlds, it'll be fine. So of course, what had happened was they had just collapsed the entire universe down into one, mm-hmm. the entire multiverse down into one universe. Um, so originally, the in the original planning of Crisis on Infinite Earths, this was act- actually going to be the final two issues. So we would have had the destruction of the multiverse at the beginning of time. And then, um, and then this, uh, yeah, and then this, basically <laughs> to to outline what the timeline was uh, in that new universe, and uh, sort of set the table for what was to come. But of course, it didn't work out that way. No, um, as you know, uh, you know, as as we say, everybody forgets that it was uh, that that the uh, establishment of the continuity after uh, you know post crisis was very very piecemeal. And because most people did not buy into the idea of a complete reboot. Sound familiar, yeah. kids? Yeah, it does. So, um, anyway, so uh, essentially what you, we saw a little taste of it in those last couple of issues. In that little sort of ticker down at the bottom, we had those panels of, of Harbinger talking about the uh, history of the DC Universe. And what we did in that last, uh, when we did those, that last couple of episodes is we actually separated that stuff out so that you got the sort of flavor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the loose, line, loose plot line of this series is basically Harbinger co- uh, chronicling the past, present, and future of the post-crisis DCU. Um, and it's it's beautiful. That's uh, one thing about it, and I know it's available in a collected edition. Is it's it's some beautiful uh, George Perez uh, artwork with uh, inks by Carl uh, Carl Kiesel, and it, it's yeah, it's some nice stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, um, also available in a collection. Um, the the hard, there was a hardcover in '88 that came out with a, a painted cover by uh, Bilson Kevich. And had some additional uh, um, materials, including an essay in Superman illustration by Neil Adams, an essay by Julius Schwartz, um, an essay by Jerry Siegel with mm-hmm. Superman illustration by Joe Schuster, and uh, then uh, an essay by Bob Kane with a Batman illustration by Dick Sprang. Still the best name in comics. Dick Sprang. <laughs> <laughs> um, an essay and Sergeant Rock illustration by Joe Kubert. An essay by Roy Thomas with a Marvel family illustration by Kurt Schaffenberger. An essay... Uh, hey, bringing it back here. I, 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 just, I just like Kubert. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, an essay by Paul Levitz with uh, a Legion illustration by Steve Lytle. An essay by Len Wein with a Swamp Thing illustration by Steve Bissett and John Totalman. An essay by Jack Kirby with New Gods illustration by Kirby and Steve Rude. An essay and Aquaman illustration by Ramona Fraden. And an essay by George Perez with Wonder Woman illustration by Trina Robbins and Perez. And then an afterword by Frank Miller. I kind of want to find this. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the, the trade paperback, which I assume is what you've got, came out in, mm-hmm. in 2002. And that's got an Alex Ross cover. It does. Yeah, it an and, Alex do- Ross cover and, and with, doesn't uh, have that 1988 hardcover uh, bonus no, material. So no, that sounds not. like a that sounds like a really good one to look for at a con. But um, yeah, yeah, it really does if you can find it. But I, I do like the, what Alex Ross did with the cover. It's oh, got yeah. uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman once again, the Trinity. And you see Superman, you see Krypton blow up, and something that appears to take off from Krypton. You see Batman um, at his parents, you know, right after Joe Chill has made his appearance. 
see Wonder Woman looking over at uh, Paradise Island, and below her is um, Shazam. Shazam! Yeah, and on the back cover, you get a the bottom um, bit of it is Sergeant Rock, uh, the Blackhawks, and Judo Master. And then above them, you get um, the JSA. And above them, you get the Justice League, and you get the Green Lantern Corps along with um, the Guardians. And then above the Justice League, and behind the Justice League, you have um, the Teen Titans and the Doom Patrol. And above them is uh, three characters which would be very familiar with us. Uh, Lightning Lad, Siren Girl, and Cosmic Boy in a sphere mm-hmm. with the Legion behind them. And then Darkseid kind of behind that with Apocalypse. And we see the Monitor satellite off in the far left. And, and I, I love what Alex Ross does, Darkseid. Holy yep. crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, of course, uh, history of the DCU is something we would hear again. Uh, it ran actually in issues two to eleven of uh, of the series fifty two, uh, which showed the uh, history of the post crisis uh, uh, DC universe, or post infinite crisis DC universe, and because of, of course the history was so history of the DCU is a floating point at best. Uh-huh. Um, oh, you think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was your first clue on? That? And and it's funny because in that I- edition, um, of course, uh, Donna Troy was the new Harbinger. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and then there was history of the multiverse, which appeared in issues forty nine through thirty eight of the series, which shall not be named. Um, what are you talking about? I I don't know. Okay. Crater Lemnos must have just walked in. Crater Lemnos. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be convenient if fans had Praetor Lemno syndrome yes yes <laughs> Forgot that whole thing happened oh, that's a mm. shame mm. yeah so uh so we we start off with the history of the dc universe it is marv wolfman writer george perez penciler carl kiesel inker tom zuko colorist and mike gold is the editor um so yes book number one uh copyright 1986 uh-huh. oof Seems, been a while. Seems been like just yesterday. <laughs> mm, we wish. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just be honest about that. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna kind of, kind of, we'll kind of sort of paraphrase what's going on in here because there's a lot. Um, it's it, it's 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 basically text with with images, uh, sort of beautiful double splash uh, splash uh, pages and. Uh, so yeah, he kind of really got to do his thing, and uh, and actually, if you go over to the Wikipedia entry, you can see that uh, that Alex Ross cover that Darren was talking about as well. So it's we very s- gorgeous in here. This is this is a gorgeous piece. So yeah. oh, it, it's stunning. Like it would. Uh, I wonder if they ever sold that as a as a poster because ah, it's yeah, it's amazing. Um, anyway, so what began as a single universe? Hmm, what? Didn't it always begin as a single universe? There would become a multiverse in danger of annihilation at the hands of a demonic force. Remember at the time we were talking about how, um, you know, they still acknowledged that it had happened. Then they tried to say that it, that it had just always been this way. And then people were remembering the crisis. And then, of course, we saw people from the crisis return. Um, but she uh, deals with it in a, in a paragraph. Uh-huh. What began as a single universe grew to become a multiverse in danger of annihilation at the hands of a demonic force. Heroes from many universes banded together and destroyed the evil at the dawn of time. And because of them, the single universe was born anew. Um, And so she talks about how the uh, histories of the planets were changed. She watched the death of the multiverse and the birth of the universe, and she knew that the changes must be chronicled. 
She says, I do this not to enlighten, for no one is permitted to know of the multiverse that had been. But um, she knows. Mm-hmm. I do this because I must, because change must be recorded, and because I must pay my debt to the one who allowed me the privilege of knowing the truth. He was a being who lived ten billion years. He saw the multiverse born, and he knew of its coming end. And that man was George Burns. Wait. Um, <laughs> George Burns? Hmm. I know, right? Huh? Not often someone throws that one out. Um, (laughs) uh, He brought those heroes together and led them in their battle against evil, and he died that the universe would live. To him, I dedicate this narrative. It is then that the history of the universe is seen through my eyes. Its concerns are with those men and women who fought and sacrificed their own lives to to save the universe, whose courage and determination altered the past and future. As for me, I am a harbinger. It is my mission to gather the truth. We know that the universe was created more than 10 billion years ago, formed of vapor and forged with fire. The single will which brought to life, brought light to the dark, gave substance to nothingness, and created life from unlife must have permitted itself a sigh of satisfaction when its children wailed in birth. So we begin on, uh, we begin, you know, we see sort of uh, basically the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the planets created, and the uh, and and out they go. And uh, on some worlds, life grew out of plasma. On other words, it was waves of shimmering heat that took on an unfathomable intelligence. And on fewer than thirty worlds, life developed out of sound. Where on others, silicone was the uh, the life space. <laughs> silicone, Sorry. like in L.A. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And that place was Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty Vegas. million worlds embrace. Uh, <laughs> there were twenty million worlds that embraced carbon. Um, uh, there are uh, three million worlds that uh, were home to sentient light, and on one thousand planets, life became represented as intangible concepts, and from each beginning, life evolved into something more, something greater. Um, and so, of course, we saw um, our our old friend on uh, Maltus, Oa. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, Oa was colonized by offworlders from the planet Maltus, and of course, there was a fellow named Crona. You remember yeah, Krona, right? Yeah, he's a troublemaker. Krona. Krona always causing trouble. Never can just leave stuff alone. But leave well enough alone, dude. Indeed. Indeed. So they had uh, explored the stars um, and had, had gained telepathy and telekinesis to help them in this. And nothing was beneath their interest. They looked into everything. Nothing could remain a mystery. They had to solve everything. They were nosy. They were nosy as all get out. And they were much taller than apparently. Yeah, curiosity um, killed the multiverse, you know. Yep. And so Krona, um, he had to go into uh, looking into the origin of the universe itself, which was apparently an era, an area of science forbidden to all Owens. But what did he care? Mm. Um, he's like, that's regulations. That just holds me back. <laughs> and uh, so he decided to watch time peel away and saw the hand of creation reach into the cosmos and pluck that fruit of life. And as soon as he saw it, the universe exploded. Mm. Kaboom. But, you know, so what we know before was that became the multiverse. In this case, no more. It was two universes. One positive matter, the other antimatter. Because that means it just doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. It just mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so there, there was, uh, of course, with this unleashing of antimatter, there became a wave of evil spreading through 50 million worlds. Corrupting what had been evil. paradise. Hi. Hey, y'all. I'm evil. I'm waving. <laughs> Hello. Um, so they saw it as their responsibility to contain the evil that one of their own had unleashed. So they experimented to create the perfect warrior. 
uh, genetically transforming lizards, and these would later become the Scions, which we, of course, know through the Omega Men and yep. through uh, Starfire's origin. I have mistake number one. Mm. Yeah, Guardians not perfect people. No, so no. Let's just let's just, no. Uh, let's just put that on the table, kids. Yeah, not perfect people. Ma- ma- male pattern baldness was only one of their uh, one of their faults. Yeah, that um, and height. Yes, yes. They seem to have gotten much shorter over over time. Um, so they of course uh, abandoned that, but that's okay because then they created a core of android soldiers, and this could only work out well, right? They were called Manhunters, which they. Uh, dispatched through the universe to combat the evil and ultimately the Manhunters rebelled and their legions disbanded. But we would see them in another couple of years. Legion hasn't disbanded yet, although it's coming. (laughs) Ah, yes. Um, These failures, uh, so there was a rift between the Owens, so you had the Peaceful Guardians um, who put together the Green Lantern Corps. While the Guardians who believed in destroying evil evolved into the race known as the Controllers, who, of course, we would see in in uh, Legion lore as the guys who. Uh... Now, did they appear? Did the Controllers appear first in Green Lantern or in or in? Uh, Ooh, I forget. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so the the because of course we would see them bring the uh, uh, the Miracle Machine. I'm looking. You keep talking. Uh, to the Legion. And uh, and so that was fairly important as well. Um, and they formed their own R and B band as well, apparently. <laughs> in in, oh. Birmingham, in Birmingham, Bama, <laughs> the controllers. Um, oh. All right. So of course the Guardians, their problems were far from over because they had already created the Scion race and had to banish them into deep space. Um, and the. Man, but despite the Green Lanterns and the Manhunters, evil did flourish and came to infest Earth in the form of demons. And that would be Abnegazar... Rathengast? Rathengast, that's it. Um, so, the Earth is evolving from its beginnings. And... Um, controllers? Hello? Oh, no, it's the phone. Um... All right, so uh, the Earth was evolving from its primitive beginnings, and on one of these planets, uh, a, de- a, a leading scientist uh, basically tried to replicate Kona's uh, experiment. And, um, and unfortunately, he succeeded all too well. And so he saw the hand of creation drawing the clouds of chaos together, and, um, and, it, and so, of course, what, this had once uh, unleashed a terrible evil that destroyed universe after universe, but in this new universe, though no evil was freed from a 10 billion year sleep. So the secrets of creation were peeled away for the scientist who would one day be known as Pariah. Because keep in mind, these characters had been created new at this time, and they still had hopes of using them. Uh, they wouldn't get used a whole lot. Um, you know, Harbinger probably... I'm, not, I'm trying to think if Harbinger or Lady Quark got the most, uh, um, most pages after this. At any rate... Um, so um, he remained in his antimatter chamber and he watched the dawn of time, listened to the first cry of existence, um, and watched the birth of that sentient life until the single will would, not, would, would let him see nothing more. So where once uh, two beings were created in this explosion of matter and antimatter, now there was just one. And from his point, uh, vantage point straddling the universe, he could see all that was, is, and will be. 
And uh, it, it, in each being's life, there's a moment of crisis, an instant where fate is decided and the future becomes irrevocably set. Only then at the crossroad may he be seen, rarely speaking, but always writing in his book of souls. And I think you know who we're talking about here. So mm. some will name him Kismet. Others will know him as fate. But he answers to those names and one other, destiny. <laughs> who would, of course, later be retconned as one of the, one one of the, the endless. endless. Yeah. yeah. So he would be uh, Death and uh, Morpheus's brother. And... Mm. Um, because that's you know just the way Morpheus is really, and the first um, time I can find an example of a controller is um, Adventure Comics three fifty two, Fatal Five. Yeah, so I guess Creation they were the Sun Eater. So I guess they were brought go. back into the. Uh, I, I guess that was kind of brought in. That was a retro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but it made sense to have them sort of be tied into the Guardians in some way uh-huh. because. They were the same. They, they know everything, supposedly. And they they're have. the same kind of meddlers. Yeah, meddlers. <laughs> I want to see the Guardians versus the Controller for Marvel. Nothing happens. Just <laughs> They just stare at each other for 30 pages. It'd be fabulous. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he, he watches this arc of light uh, go through space heading towards Earth and knows its presence will alter the immediate destiny of two pris- primitive souls and affect the lives of 10 million more. Oh. And of course, this is the meteor that um, an early Neanderthal uh, that early Neanderthals would see come down, and um, Vandaraj of the Blood Tribe uh-huh. would uh, would make his way to it. The Bear Tribe they stayed away. Vandaraj. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so he went he went through and checked out this meteor, and it burned into his flesh, and it made a, a huge change to him, one that his primitive mind was as yet unable to uh, comprehend. And so he was no longer mortal. In fact, he became immortal. immortal? Yes, <laughs> and gained a new name, Vanda, uh, Vandal Savage. Yep. So his transformation was observed by another man, the leader of the Bear Tribe, who followed his enemy to the light and saw the unexplained metamorphosis. While Savage fled in fear, he uh, carefully, he cautiously approached the still shimmering star and touched it. And he too was changed. From mortal, he became the immortal man. And with each death, he would be reborn. Yep. That night, Vandal Savage murdered 12 of his enemies. And still, the blood hunger within him was not sated. This is true. So, the violent times. Death of one uh, female at the hands of a male would have its repercussions in some far future time. Her body died, but her soul lived on and would return. And this is the beginnings of the new origin of Wonder Woman. Exactly. And um, so a lot of groundwork being set. And keep in mind, um, see, like, that 1988 uh, uh, hardcover, having Perez do, because Perez had done the um, Wonder Woman series by that point, it made sense Uh for him to do that essay. But this was clearly um, him him sort of having those seeds planted so that he would have that that thing to follow up on. Oh, totally. so the era of the Neanderthal gave way to the first Cro-Magnon. And one Anthro. of those first boy. The first boy was Anthro, uh, who led his people toward enlightenment. Clearly, he was not the first boy. No. He was just the first one to have his own book. Um, yep. for, for all of how many issues was it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
He yeah, I think he got more play in uh, in Final Crisis than he did in uh, in Showcase yeah, or anything yeah. else he was in. Yeah, um, wars between the last Neanderthals and the early Cro-Magnons were bloody, but great warriors rose to end the violence, like Kong the Untamed. Ooh, so, so I'd this, love to tame him. Right Look now. at him. Mm. Um, nice spear and everything. Mm. Yum. Oh um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm think about, but th- but th- the thing to think about here is that. Um, you know, th- this is kind of finding a way to sort of name check a lot of these series that had mm-hmm. come out over the years and fit them into this timeline in some way. Yep. And that was that was really their challenge with this is how do you make a cohesive timeline with only one Earth here? Well, and, and, we'll, and we'll see them be successful and unsuccessful at that as uh, we go. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So um, he talked about civilizations flourishing. The forces of magic took, took hold over the Earth and then settled in the kingdom of Atlantis. Um, and yeah. mystical ages where corrupt sorcerers found themselves in constant battle with the practitioners of science. And, uh, and, and, the, and I mean... It, you know, us talking about this stuff doesn't do it justice because the artwork in it is just beautiful. It you know, is these, very these beautiful. just beautiful layouts to sort of illustrate a lot of these points. And uh, you know, we see the uh, the the helmet, the big uh, Scartaris helmet there, um, that the would later end up in Scartaris. Scartaris. Uh-huh. Scartaris. 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 Yeah. Scartaris. Yeah. I don't know. Scartaris yeah. sounds cooler. Um, <laughs> Eternia. <laughs> Call it Eternia. <laughs> no reason. Just do it. <laughs> that wasn't out yet. Or was I it? Know. No, I guess it was by this point. Yeah. It was out by this point, yeah. Yeah. But, oh. Wow. But no, this is all um, Orion, Lord of Atlantis, and yeah. his arch enemy Garn Danuth there. And we're seeing Atlantis before it got sunk. So. Yeah. So, so um, and, and of course, this doesn't take into account what would come later, like the, uh, the just incredible series. Um, uh, by uh, Peter David uh, with art by es- Esteban Maroto, uh, the uh, Chron- Atlantis Chronicles. Atlantis Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Available on Comixology right now, folks, because it hasn't been uh, collected True. as far as I know. And it's so And worth of course, there's a lot of Atlantis stories, like the, um, the JLA one that happened with Aquaman sinking Atlantis. There's right. a lot of cool Atlantis stuff out there that, you know doesn't really connect with this but that's okay exactly and so this is again one of those things you know much like the uh the future in which commandy lived um mm-hmm. and we'll get to that for Command better for, for better or worse <laughs> um so yeah the the violence continued on atlantis and then uh of course uh, orion um used his powers for peace um, but they engaged him. He was the Lord High Mage of Atlantis in a great battle that led to the sinking of the island. But that's okay because the Atlanteans were prepared and erected domes around the twin cities of Tritonis and Poseidonis. Um, and these twin cities became great underwater lands linked only by their Atlantean ancestry as the people of Tritonis uh, altered their forms and became merpeople. And those uh-huh. of Poseidonis remained human in form, but developed gills to allow them to breathe beneath the sea. Uh-huh. Um, so, first heroic age comes to an end, but is reborn thousands of years and hundreds of miles beyond the site of Atlantis's sinking. And this takes us over to Egypt. Yep. 
Now, what could possibly be happening in Egypt at this time, Paul? Well, you see, um, I see a little, you know, and just looking at the images, and this is the beautiful thing, is we see, uh, we see, you know, a pharaoh's tomb. We see a, a blue scarab up there. Oh, oh blue scarab. We see nah, uh, an, old, ring a bell. an oh. old dude on a on a throne with a with a, a white beard uh, with lightning going around them um, and hitting a guy that looks suspiciously like the rock. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's sounding a little familiar now. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, yes, a hybrid bird race led by the ibis-headed Thoth and the uh, fa- falcon-headed Horus came to Egypt before the birth of the great dynasties. So this, they were advisors before the coming of the pharaohs. The bird race migrated to the Arctic, where they founded the hidden city of Fethera. 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 And that's where Northwind is from, from exactly. Infinity Inc. Yeah, so this would be his his race. Um, mm-hmm. And um, sorcery returned in the era of the mad pharaoh Ka-F-Re. Forged from the sorcery and science was a blue scarab gem, hmm, which um, uh, w- bestowed upon its wearer extraordinary powers, incredible strength, the gift of flight, and the ability to form energy bolts. Unless you're Ted Cord. Yes, yes. Well, you don't get any of that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And of course, and what's interesting is, of course, this started out as a sorcery thing. Um, What would later become a, uh, you know, because remember, a lot of the Dan Garrett stuff hadn't really been talked about in in how they were bringing back, uh, bringing in Ted Cord. And then they decided, yeah, let's go with the whole Dan Garrett was his teacher. And, um, well, that that goes to the whole legacy thing DC is so big Ab- on. So. Absolutely, and and of course, in in later years, uh, by the time uh, Jaime Reyes took over, uh, it would actually become something that was created by an alien race. Uh-huh. Uh, but remember, alien super science to the uh, to the uninitiated would appear like magic anyway. That's true. Abracadabra. Yeah. Flash fact. Oh, I wish I still had that. Uh, <laughs> that, that noise bit. That noise bite. Um, so um, yeah, so so that uh, the scarab was actually buried with Kaafrey and would would not be discovered for more than a th- more than four thousand years. That's a long ass time. Yeah, it is. Kids. Yeah, it is. But of all the wizards in ancient Egypt, none was more powerful than the ancient noble wizard Shazam. Really? Not not, not even Nabu. Shazam. You know what? They haven't mentioned Nabu yet. They haven't mentioned mm-hmm. Nabu, have they? Hmm. Could be they did that later. Maybe, maybe. They made him Egyptian, so. I See, I remember from the Golden Age Fate stories, he was I think he was always Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Well, that would make sense because Dr. Fate's using the Ankh everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and and Egypt was really big back then with all the um discovering of the tombs and, you know, um Oh yeah, absolutely. Mysticism absolutely. and everything. Egypt was the place to be. So, yeah, I think they probably overlooked it here that Naboo was supposed to be there as well. So, along with um, a pair of hawks that should be. Around. Well, absolutely. And so. uh, but remember, <laughs> the hawk. That the was hawk all stuff messed was, up, kids. That was, yeah, all sorts of messed up, and um, we'll, we'll get to that. This, um, is, this is where we get to the point of where. The history books don't necessarily reflect the accuracy 
of the history. Yeah, and 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 quite frankly, a lot of that stuff just hadn't been written yet. And uh, um, <laughs> hey, Don't well, the issue of facts, Paul. But you know, while you bring that up, um, let's let's give a little shout out to uh, John Ostrander, who uh, indeed, who indeed. He's uh, doing better. I, he, I it looks like he's come out of his his surgery and is in recovery and is apparently already plotting ways to escape from the hospital. Sweet. And uh, he's totally gonna Deadpool those people. <laughs> Deadshot. No, no, Deadpool. Like. <laughs> You know, there are more swords in a hospital than there are guns. Come on. Oh, does Deadpool use? I don't know. I haven't read much Deadpool. <laughs> eh, I, I just know what I know from the um, 32nd, you know, film treatment, which means I'm an expert now. So. Oh, there, that's all you need. You don't actually need to I watch need. the movie. Um, all right. Um, so, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> we spoke too soon, Darren. A thousand oh. years passed and the mad priest, ah, uh, Khalees, oh, rose to power. Naboo, one of the Lords of Order, remember, we were heading into that whole order versus chaos thing. That was the big overriding thing in the late 80s and, and through most of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Order and chaos. Order and, and chaos. Mm-hmm. Especially in the uh, the Doctor Fate series that we, we would see, which is one of my favorites. Um, so uh, the, he, Naboo had the powerful amulet of Anubis, mm-hmm. and he came to Egypt to challenge Khaleesi's rule and, and overthrew him. So four centuries passed. So in another four hundred years, we had the Hyksos, Hyksos, the she- who were the shepherd kings, and they ruled Egypt. Khufu was a great warrior who tried to overthrow the evil half half set, but in so doing, Khufu and his wife were slain. Ah, there we go. Yeah, see? those are my hawks. That all I'm bringing it together, baby. Uh, yet their battle was not at an end. In three thousand years, all three would be reincarnated as enemies, and I tell you. This is where the archives are so awesome. You know, I have the Dr. Fate archive, which I mm-hmm. love, love, love. Do you love it? Oh, I, Do you really I love it. I should say, I love it. Um, but in addition to that, you should also look into um, the uh, the Golden Age Hawkman uh, um archive that's one that's one that's well worth getting as well because mm-hmm. that those early Hawkman stories were awesome. So good. I mean, there's a little of the golden age clunkiness about them, but well, uh, yeah, that's but but underneath that all is a lot of like the whole noir thing that was going on at the time. Mm. Uh, it's it's and Hot Girl actually did stuff. Yeah, she did. I, she actually fought people. Yeah, you know, let's remember Wonder Woman was um, the secretary of the Justice Society. She went in the corner and made cookies for them or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was and, very disturbing. And let me tell you that Doctor Fate, um, arc, uh, that Doctor Fate archive, it's a thick ass book. Mm. Which so you're getting your money's worth on it. Um, oh, Yay for that! Fantastic stuff. Um, anyway, so um, they would of course be reincarnated as enemies, and we would see a lot of that play out in Infinity Inc., a book oh. that was sadly just gutted by by all by the crisis. Gone there, yes, yeah. you're all orphans now. No reason. Although let me tell you. Roy uh, Roy Thomas came up with as as many elegant ways to explain that stuff as he could. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. Um, so, um, the events on there were events on other worlds that would conspire to affect Earth's heroic age, and the first of these w- worlds was created by a race of gaseous beings. <laughs> <laughs> My family. <laughs> I'm so twelve. Um, <laughs> They were called the Sun Thrivers, who drew matter from far galaxies and formed a huge red star. Hmm? Mm. But the star was unstable. Hmm. 
So the Sun Thrivers created planets out of solar matter, using their gravities to stabilize the turbulent sunstorms, and a solar system was born. Mm. Huzzah! But of all the planets circling that red giant, the most powerful was Krypton. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Belief in the god Rail led the the uh, the Kryptonians to peace, and with peace came incredible advancements in the sciences and humanities. Here's something: Rail or Rao? Um, I've always said Rao. Yeah, me too. It just looked like that. It just it just sounds more godlike than Rao, I guess. Rao. Um. Rao. All right. So on Earth. There was stuff going on, and you and you get this beautiful um, uh, little uh, bit of Perez, you know, kind of uh, channeling what would be his near future. Um, oh yeah, the uh, god battles here yeah, are so epic. The Greeks rose to power, spreading their armies throughout Europe and conquering nation after nation in the name of the all-powerful gods of Olympus. And um, they. Uh, the gods in legend, the spawns of the dark infinity called chaos. Remember, order versus chaos. Order it's versus a chaos. Big deal. Um, from chaos came Gaia, Erebus, and Night, who in turn spawned day. Yeah. <laughs> from Gaia was born Uranus. Uranus, however you want to say it. I'm not going to be that young here. Let's move on. I just can't leave it alone. Um, <laughs> I've heard that about yeah. you. Uranus, the sky. Hey, 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 if there's I, anyone who I, can't I, leave Uranus alone. <laughs> hey, leave, leave that alone. Stop that. Stop that. Naughty. Uh, uh, can't take you people anywhere. <laughs> All right. Um, Wash your hands. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, with a smile of satisfaction, she gave us the mountains and the sea, and it was from Gaia and Uranus, mother and son, that the Titans were born. They were twelve. There were twelve such Titans: Hyperion, Creus, Oceanus, Coas, Iapetus, Cronus, Theia, Rhea, Nemosine, Phoebe. That one was easy. Thank you, uh, Tethys, <laughs> and Themis. Also from Uranus and Gaia were born the the Cyclopses and the hundred-armed, fifty-headed monsters. Uh (laughs) Always the hundred-armed, fifty-headed monsters. So hard to find a decent sweater. Born in the Greece. So hard to find a sweater. Oh God! Can you imagine shopping for these people? Oh my God! It's like which one's a neck hole, which one's an arm hole. Um, I need holes for all my eyeballs. I can't see out of the sweater. So um, when Uranus saw his children, he was repulsed by their ugliness and banished them to the depths of the earth. Gaia plotted with her son Cronus, and with a deadly sickle, the son attacked the father and cast his blood to the sea. Creating Aphrodite. Yeah, from his, uh, from his blood was born the deadly giants and the evil Furies. The, f- the Furies would, would come into uh, the whole Infinity Inc. thing as well. Uh-huh. Um and of course, from the sea was born the goddess Aphrodite. Cronus and Rhea brought forth six children. Learning from an oracle that one of his children would overthrow his father, Cronus took his children and swallowed them one by one, with the exception of his final son, Zeus, whom Rhea had hidden away in safety. 
Upon reaching adulthood, Zeus made a pact with the goddess Metis, who forced Cronus to vomit up the gods he had swallowed. Then Zeus led his fellow gods into battle with the Titans and defeated them after a long and bloody war. Zeus banished the Titans to the depths of Tartarus and claimed Olympus in the name of the gods. The Titans once again attacked Olympus, and their battle lasted more than ten years and nearly destroyed the earth. In this second battle of the gods, the rivers burned and the sky crashed to the ground. Powerful as they were, the Titans were again defeated, but this time they were encased in rock and returned to Tartarus as immobile statues. And so the gods of Olympus rested, thinking their days of warring over at last. And of course, those titans would end up on a planet called New Cronus at some point when when uh, Wolfman had to figure out what the hell was going on with Donna Troy. Again. Yeah. Again. Ah, sigh. Yeah. So the old gods, tired of a battle, and with a burst of impossible energy, they sealed Olympus off from all outside contact and created in its wake two giant molten bodies. This would be important. Mm-hmm. For centuries, they cooled and then finally gave birth to life. New Genesis, a magnificent new world of hope, became the home of the new gods, the powerful race imbued with the living atoms of the original gods. On the barren burning scar of a world called Apocalypse was born the demon dark side in his legions of hell. Which was his band. Uh, yeah, which, which point? Yeah. <laughs> These two forces are locked in an eternal battle with no end in sight. Well, until the hunger dogs. Um... Oh. But, you know. That was quite off from this, so, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, growing as a fierce race of people of people in the vegan system, the scions kidnapped... That means that they didn't eat eggs, and... Um, <laughs> they were like, no, we can't wear leather. Um, the scions kidnapped the Okaran Zal and mated her with a fearsome, brutal Branks warrior. Mm-hmm. From this came the birth of two children, a horribly mutated be- being who became the first Citadelian. Remember the Citadel? Mm-hmm. Uh, from from the New Teen Titans. Yep. You know, and, and this was all this was all Wolfman. He created just oh, this totally, totally. amazing this pages. His yeah. Yep. Um, Between this and the Omega Men, uh, that's, that's all him. Yeah, easy and, peasy. Yeah, because he set that all up, and then then it was uh, Sle- Roger Slifer who did that with Giffen, right? Uh-huh. If I remember correctly. I think so. Um, so the Scions tried to mate uh, Zal. Oh, and a human child named Lambian. The Scions tried to mate Zal, make Zal a second time, but she slew the Branks warrior even as he killed her. The Scions took her lifeless body and, in a vicious experiment, converted her into being a being of pure energy. And at that moment, she became the goddess Zal. Mm-hmm. Lambian shared much of her power and later metamorphosed into the near god Oron. Check out New Titans. Basically. Yeah, New Titans. Yeah, and New, Teen, New Teen Titans. It would be. Uh, yeah, so I guess for that, every time Superman says Great Rao, it's or Great Rao, it's uh, Starfire, it's Great Zal or yeah, Exal. Mighty Zal or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know that that stuff. Yeah, you're right. A lot of that played out in. Um, in uh, um, Omega Men, but uh, you really get the table set for all that stuff in those the, in the early twenties of, uh, of, of New Teen Titans, Titans yeah. right before the Runaways stuff, um, and I think yeah, leading into the, and leading into the first the was it in the no, annual? No, no, twenty three tw- through twenty five in the annual. 
Yeah. Sorry, 21, 22 was uh, Brother Blood. Brother Blood, right. Yeah. So, um, and that's, you know what, for, if you're a comic book fan, like that, that stuff is must read. Yes, it is. Yeah, like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Use that $200 to... uh, I would say... Actually, you can buy that stuff cheap now. Yeah, New Teen Titans through number 50 is required reading, at least, through number 50. Through, Continue after that if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, but but end it with um, the Baxter New Teen Titans 1 through 5, where we finally get the... uh, Yeah, there was, you know, there was a lot... And there was a lot of great stuff... In and and tangent, huh? Um, but a lot of great stuff in that Baxter run, no yep. question about it. However, a lot of it you can clearly see was basically what worked in the first series. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And, you know, again. so we start off with a Trigon story, much like the first series started off. You know, Trigon. Then oh, we'll have a brother, a brother blood story, and they were there was some a lot of good stuff. In that in that series, but that first initial series that they did was really the benchmark, mm-hmm. um, and and you know they took some stuff a step further. Um, you know, there's some really interesting things going on, sort of post crisis in in uh, the New Teen Titans uh, Baxter run, but a lot of that that table had been set in that first uh, in that first series, and it's it's incredible. Um, Anyway, so she had another son, of course, and that was the being who had become the first Citadelian. And he joined with his creators, the lizard scientist Scions, and together they conquered Vega's 25 worlds before the sole Citadelian turned on his allies and claimed power for himself alone. Using Scion science, Zal's son cloned himself and with his new force would control the entire Vegan system for more than 200 years. And you get to see a lot of these guys in that first... uh, couple of issues of, uh, of New Teen Titans before we kind of know what they're all about. Mm-hmm. So, another thousand years pass. Yep. And Egypt- we get more set up for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, Egyptian, um, Egyptian dynasties fall to ruin. Vandals steal their stuff. Uh, some never to be recovered. Others totally to be recovered. <laughs> <laughs> You know, whenever it's convenient, they'll yeah, be recovered. Yeah, whenever they manage to track them down. You know. Exactly. So Greece rose to power again, and her armies were undefeatable, guided by the gods of Olympus. Among the greatest warriors were these women, the Amazons. So the man god Heracles. Now notice, now we're getting into, there's none of this blending of like the, uh, you know, well, it's Hercules. No. Heracles. No, this is Heracles. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's none of this blending of the pantheons. Um, that that'll come later. <laughs> um, so the man god Heracles came to Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons, to take the girdle given to her by Athena. And uh, Hippolyta, Hippolyta welcomed him uh, to her home and her heart. Mm-hmm. Then then he went and roofied her. <laughs> Boy, howdy! Yeah, stole the girdle imprisoned the Amazons and she escaped and freed her people and together they attacked his army and and, and they whooped their butt yeah they did and after the battle and 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 Antiope 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 yeah Antiope uh, sister to Hippolyta journeyed to Athens with half of the Amazon warriors to further avenge themselves on Heracles and they there, became the Bonamigdal tribe of the Amazons of which Artemis is the probably the most um, well-known member. 
Right. And that would be Artemis, who, of course, would later become Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Diana would put on some really bad biker chick. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was the 90s. It was and indeed. that's what we do. You have to wear a jacket. Um, oh, so horrible. Oh, God. But she had bangs. She had bangs, yeah, because yeah, she didn't have the tiara to keep her hair up there. You know? <laughs> she so wasn't funny. a princess It's so funny you time. say that as Ella was on her way out the door to go to this birthday party this afternoon. She mm-hmm. put on her mermaid crown from last night. Um, because she said her hair was was getting in her face, so she needed to oh. put that on. So you're right. Um, <laughs> so um, it's either that or Aquanet, dude. You know, yeah, you gotta, exactly. You, you got to do something up with that stuff. Yeah, and uh, my uh, in, in my Envirosi uh, major wife uh, wouldn't wouldn't let that wouldn't go. allow the yeah, um, the no, Aqua the Aquanet. Net. No, <laughs> remind um, me to send her a. A can for Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. just for Jan. You you go you go ahead. You try that. I have nothing Love to do with Uncle it. Darren. Let the record show. Let the record show. Um, like Canada would let anything from the South up in there. <laughs> yeah, that's not, you wouldn't even see it. It would stop at the border. Yeah, like there aren't any fish sticks in here. <laughs> it smells funny. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, Hippolyta, guided by Athena, led her Amazons to, through uncharted war- waters, parted by the sea god Poseidon, and they risked their lives until at last, through the clouds that, that blanket the Bermuda Triangle, they founded Paradise Island. It is said that the gods, led by Zeus himself, came to Earth and lay waste to our world. A great war was played out on the battlefield before it learned... Man, this is rough typesetting. Um, yeah, that these yeah. were not the uh, the gods, but... Ravages These are not the gods we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the gods <laughs> returned to Earth many times and eventually forsook our planet for the grandeur of Olympus. Still, there were tales of the gods' return. Setting the table for the Perez Wonder Woman run right right there. Yep. And there's Big also... Um, I kind of also felt the end, which looks very um, demolished, there was kind of an allusion to that Legion annual where the Legion fought the Olympians and they were all Durlin shapeshifters. That was Durl after the, um, that's right. Yes. The war. So it's like, Oh, okay. Kind of referencing that. It's kind of obscure. Well, sure, and I think not? that, cause when I look at this, um, this, you know, the, the sort of red bearded, uh, Zeus here, mm-hmm. that's, that was totally from that. And that was, totally uh, it was, yeah. Was it Chuck? Pa- I think Chuck Patton did the art on that. It was, it was really nice. I mm-hmm. remember, I remember it was looking that. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, Greece would slowly fade to the glory that would be Rome. <laughs> to Rome, where we would get uh, that's that's where Her- where Henry Cavill comes in, isn't it? Oh God, I hope so. Uh, um, was Ooh. he in Rome or was he in the Tudors? I can't. I don't know. Uh, he was in the Tudors. Oh, okay, all right. There Doesn't matter what he's in, huh. uh, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, now I feel funny. <laughs> it's like when I climb the rope in gym, in gym uh-huh, class. In gym class, yeah. <laughs> um, so the focus of this uh, tome of heroics must shift to the mountains of Tibet. So on a dark night, the uh, skies of Tibet glowed like an emerald as a meteor burning with verdant light crashed to earth and shimmered with a power never seen. In 2,000 years, a battery of power carved from this meteor would be found, and with it, a new hero would be born. Mm-hmm. And this one, I actually have... I have a little Alan Scott bust up here on the... Uh, this is the Starheart. 
on the console. Yes. Yes, what would later become known as the Starheart groan. Um, sure. Oh, God, so much. Oh. Um, and Rome, of course, became the center of management activities. A world of greatness that dwarfed the Greeks and the Egyptians, great gladiators, etc., etc. Um, but there was also evil. Uh, always evil. Including uh, a great demon p- priest of the ancient Druids, Blackbriar Thorn, who has one of the coolest damn names, really. Mm-hmm. Blackbriar Thorn, like that's Blackbriar awesome. Thorn is kind of a, a cool name. For... Yeah, you get you get that name. You're gonna be a super villain. That, that's true. It's true. It's it's like but getting. He, it's also Jeeves. one of those names where it's like, but he gets treated really weirdly in the DCU. Sometimes he's all, he's almost all powerful, and the other times he's like, I can make plants grow, and that's it. So you know. Yeah, he would make an uh, an appearance in the uh, I think in the Willingham run uh, of of Justice Society, mm. and was just kind of left there. And there was some, you know, I know that that run gets run down a lot, but there was a lot of great stuff in there. And uh, but how they use Blackbriar Thorn was not one of those things. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, no, it was not. So, um, but they're making reference to yeah, he's a druid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, which means he created Stonehenge, and it was more, <laughs> it, and it was more than something that would be tripped over by midgets. It's all his fault. Yeah, yeah. It's not your job to make it Nigel's. F- I don't know. And then we move on to Camelot. Sir. Yeah, ah, Camelot. Let's go to Camelot. I don't know any songs from Camelot, or I would get into that. <laughs> well, I, was um, going, I was going for Spamalot, actually. That's okay. <laughs> nice. Take a drink, kids. Mm-hmm. By the way, have you read Justice League United? We'll do a little teaser for this one because we're going to have to do this soon. The Justice League United Legion story. Have yeah, you read the first we'll need, one yet? We'll, we'll need to do it next week. I have not. Did you? Did you? Oh, so you have not. So you don't know what's the first sound effect <gasps> is Krakum. I think he listens thank to you. Our, maybe he listens to our show. I think maybe he listens to our maybe, show. Maybe. I was like, oh, thank you. I can drink while I'm reading. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, we will definitely get to that. Maybe we'll do that next week. I think we should. I think we should. It's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Camelot, the court of King Arthur, uh, and the and the coconuts instead of horses. Take a drink. <laughs> Endless were the legends of Lancelot and Guinevere, who just wanted just a little bit of peril. A little um, bit of peril? You can't handle this much peril. I don't know. That's too much peril. <laughs> it's far too much too peril. Too much peril. Um... And warriors such as Gawain and the Shining Knight of Galahad, uh, of Shining Galahad and the Knight with and, winged victory. Yes, and the and and the med, the magician Merlin, who some say wielded magics not only from the distant past but of the far future as well. Oh. I think that's when they were trying to do that whole Merlin or uh, Mordred tie-in. Well, there was also Mordred, the question uh, was not they were going to tie into Camelot three thousand as well. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because that that was around not far off this time, was it? Mm-hmm. No, it was actually Camelot three thousand is in Who's Who, so I think it was shortly. Um, I think it finished shortly after Crisis started, or yeah, or but it started there. long before. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there was like that six month break between issues eleven and twelve. Um, a, a, but seriously, kids, a great series. Camelot totally 3000 totally out there in in, uh, in hardcover. Um, you can probably get it fairly cheap. Of course, it came out. And th- you have me to thank for that because I finally <laughs> completed my set of back issues. And, and, and right then, then they, they announced the it. trade. Um, <laughs> Just to tick you off. But, but Brian Bolland interior art. 
Mm-hmm. Like Nuff said to coin a phrase from another company. True. Brian Ballard interior art is fucking beautiful. It is um, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably more the connection they were were making rather than connecting Merlin to uh, to Mordru. Um, but that would there would be a lot of that later on. Yeah, there'd be there'd be a yeah. lot of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Camelot's days dwindled to an end, and from its destruction came one of the strangest of all beings, born in hell, but serving no Stygian master was Etrigan the Demon. Yay, Etrigan! To some he was a savior, but most to most his mad eyes spoke of death. <laughs> gone, gone, gone in the, the form, form of man. man. Rise, Rise the, the demon, demon Etrigan. Yeah, I, I just think of Etri- the baby Etrigan from the Justice League cartoon. <laughs> He's so cute! I want to hug him and squeeze him. Oh, man. Um, Bad demon baby. Bad! So that was what was going on um, in Central Europe. Um, the source of heroes shifted to Northern Europe and uh, uh, to Northern Europe, to America and beyond. This was a time of exploration and discovery. Seven hundred years before Columbus searched in vain for a short trade route to India and killed a bunch of people. Mm. Um, proud All Vikings for everybody. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing again, um, perhaps editorializing a bit. Uh, a, little, a little bit. Yeah. Proud Viking ships sailed across the uncharted ocean to discover a new continent. So this is where we get into Eric, son of freaking thunder. thunder. Of course, here he was Eric Redhand, son of Star of Dawn, and and he know the Thunder God. Yeah, Son of Thunder, Mother Effers. Yeah, we can't um, say that, can I we? really, this is a series I really wish they'd collect. This is one I, I didn't read at the time. I, I you know, I just, you know, they, again, it, it seemed too sort of sorcery-ish to me. Uh-huh. And given how much I loved um, Warlord later in life, um, I, I, I think this is one I'd like to read. Um, Orion's another one. You know, those those are two series I'd love to check out because they're by writers I uh, who have enjoyed their work a lot. And and they are they are so integral to to what was going on at this time. So anyway, true. because from Ariane comes Power Girl. True. Well, mm. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> yeah, but it hurts when you do. It does, doesn't it? And then we get the uh, Viking Prince. Oh, the Viking Sir Prince. I know. Justin. I remember these. He used to show or, uh, up. Sir yeah. Justin, yeah. No, Sir Justin was the Shining oh, Knight. Oh, Shining Knight. Sorry, John. John, yeah. the Viking Prince. And, that, that's right. And this was one that, that I remember, like, when you used to get those 80-page giants and they would have these reprinted in the back of a lot of those issues. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I, you know, I mean, again, it's that education in uh, um, in sort of the, the late 60s stuff that you would get in those early 70s books that, were, that had a ton of these reprints. And, you know, 80-page giants, if it says 80-page giant across the across the top, just buy it. Just buy the thing. Because you're going to get it dirt friggin' cheap, and there's going to be, it's going to be packed with all kinds of stuff. Yep. So here's your two rules. If there's a checkerboard at the top, buy it. Buy it. If there's 80-page giant at the top, buy, buy it. it. This, we've just helped to make your quarter bin searches, your dollar bin searches. Much easier. Much so much easier because they are full of this stuff, and it's all great stuff. And it, buy it before Kramer gets it dirt cheap. Cause, yeah, because he is going to get he is gonna get it cheaper than you. And not only that, but the second you buy it, 
Scott's going to find it for about five for bucks about cheaper. way less. Way, yeah. way less. Minutes. So it doesn't matter. Minutes it's, it's later. The law of how collecting works. I have seen so. it happen. I have lived it. So you, you were at a con where it happened. I was indeed. I was indeed. So. Somewhere back around episode 86. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somewhere around there. It, 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 no, it was definitely around there because that was the Kitson interview. And... Uh. Um, and it was that it was that show. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, John the Viking Prince. Um, that stuff. Then there's some great stuff in there, and like the enemy ace. Oh, love it, love it. Yeah, and John the Viking Prince was in um, Brave and the Bold before um, Justice League was. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so good, so good. Um, and um, and and a lot of this stuff you're gonna get a ton of Cubert art, which uh-huh. you can't lose. Um, Whoop. So yes, um, um, Cubert, yes, Cubert, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> Look at Ralph, yay! I actually did miss that the first time. Um, I, <laughs> you said it, and I was like, "Where was he getting that from?" And now, yeah. Cubert. Uh, um, back. back. As the uh, Crusades reached their height, the a band of adventurers in France banded together as the Three Musketeers to thwart the math- machinations of the evil Cardinal Richelieu. And there was like, the, like DC had like a running, a recurring uh, Three Musketeers um, mm-hmm. and Robin Hood. Yeah. All, all that stuff's kind of open domain, so yeah. So you know, so everyone dived into everyone it at some did point. those, you know. <laughs> It's just nice for historical placement. This is where they are. Yeah, well, I, exactly. I don't think Robin Hood and the Three Musketeers happened at the same time in history. No, they did not. So they did not. because you know, uh, they're taking some liberty here. Yeah, uh, having recently read the Three Musketeers again because it's one of my favorite books growing up, and actually my my last my last birthday, my dad gave me an, a, a a just beautiful leather bound version of the three musketeers and oh, wow. um oh it's fantastic because he remembers me reading it when i was a kid and uh and so it's a story that i've gone through eh, edited a little bit with ella and, uh, and well she, she quite of course it. of course yeah because um you know you kind of kid appropriateness it's true. yeah exactly it's like you know they were we... frenchmen hello <laughs> well that's just it right um <laughs> Anyway, um, but of course, my lady de winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good grief. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was some, uh, but, but I read, I, I first read it in those, they used to have those like pocketbook sized uh, classics. The little um, illustrated classics. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, where it was like a page of text and an image, page of text and an image. And, yep. um, and I, I tell you, there, there's something I look through all, uh, look for in used bookstores all the time because um, uh, yeah they were like you know sort of like sort of like uh, you know maybe three inches high uh, uh, you know it's just short little thick books and uh, and you may remember as a kid like they would have like the ones with uh, with like a, a Spider-Man story and it had like a flip book animation in the corners mm-hmm. and you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah, and uh, and so these ones were illustrated classics, and uh, and I had like a bookshelf full of them, and I wonder if some of them are are, are hiding away somewhere at my mom's place. The one I know that probably isn't is the Three Musketeers because I read that book so many times that it fell apart, literally fell ah, apart. Yeah. Um, so yes, in the mid seventies, the Three Musketeers showed up in uh, in DC Comics, and it was DC Special. 
Um, it, uh, number 22 was the first one, and it, of course, was Three Musketeers in one story and Robin Hood in the other story. Of course. Why so else you, would it you be? You totally called it. Um, and, um, and I tell you, it was some, uh, some cool stuff. You had Denny O'Neill writing and... Um, um, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that I saw the name George, uh, Jorge Jorge uh, Moliterni after this, but <laughs> but it's it's some it's some beautiful stuff. It's it's really neat, really neat looking stuff. Jorge Perez? No, no, <laughs> no, no, not him. Um, anyway, but I digress. Um, as we do, <laughs> us never. So Mount Mickelson, a ship from the stars, buries itself in in this Alaskan peak inside its pilot remained in suspended animation for almost 1100 years remember that it's going to be important mm-hmm. um hidden in the, the tibetan mountainside is the fabled land of nendar parbat nendar parbat and uh as very important in 52 actually yeah so. it is oh absolutely it, and and remains remains sort of a thing um You see this show up from time to time in some of the in, in some uh, DC books, and so sorcery waned on Earth, which is what led to the twelve cities of. Good God, <laughs> can you read that? Like the the twelve cities of gems focused all their power city of the young gem. witch Citrina. On because honestly, like some of the typesetting in this book is fucking oh. horrible. Uh, They've got this 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 blue lettering over over a purple uh, object. Yeah, that's not good. It's no. terrible. Um, um, in order to find them a new and proper homeland to do so, she forged an alliance with the Dark Lords and created the other dimensional land of Gem World. I think that's a perfect segue for you to take over. Okay, so because Gem World becomes who the Sorcerer's World and the Legion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking Xerox. So, they make photocopies there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all over the place, because there's really no connecting um, thread between these three other things, things are moving about. We get um, uh, the last decade of the 15th century, there were many events of note. America was officially discovered by Christopher Columbus 700 years after the yeah, abduction. You know, as, as you discover something, you discover that, something that people that already live at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people were there before you yeah. western centric writers um, <laughs> um, discovered by Christopher Columbus 700 years after the abduction of the Indian Arak the son of thunder son of thunder bitches mm-hmm. in the Vagan star system remember remember, remember the Vagans uh, the villainous spider cult the spider guild um, is spreading their reign of terror terror and mm-hmm. in Africa, an intelligent simian race erected the fabled Gorilla City and hid it nice. from the ever-prying eyes of man. So we've got uh, Gorilla City out there in Africa waiting for the Flash to find it or discover it, <laughs> as the case may be. Yeah. And in space and on Earth, the android manhunters perverted their original mission of eliminating evil into the hunting and destruction of all sentient life, like you do, yeah. establishing a cult in pursuit of their goal. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. Yes. Did that tie into the Simonson Manhunter series there? It may have. Stuart, we're depending on you here. It may have there. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, pretty I, sure that Manhunter fought cultists at some point. Yeah, and I wonder if they found a way to sort of tie that in. And it's funny, and the reason I say that is because it's kind of funny. As I was 
reaching to grab these books. I had them sitting in, next to the uh, the crisis book um, in in Mylar's Mylar's baby Mylar's um, baby. And um, and I and I grabbed them, and it was like three books. I thought it was just two. Of course, the third one was the uh, the special edition uh, gold leaf uh, of uh, the Manhunter series from Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson. Um, which I really regret not having with me when we met uh, Walt Simonson a couple of years back. Because oh, no. um, seriously, um, but that said, um, I, so yeah, I just wonder if that was a connection to that because I know they weren't yet setting the table for Millennium because they didn't know Millennium. They didn't was know it was no. coming yet. No. Yeah. Um, overseas, of course, we get um, 16th century Europe. So we're kind of fluctuating a little bit on the time here. Not a lot, but a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, British nobleman John Valor becomes known as the Black Pirate. Not the Jed Pirate Roberts, but close. Um, <laughs> symbol to ban of uh, freedom fighters. Ooh, wow. We're going to see that again soon. Mm. To protect the innocent against tyranny. And there were times of, of violence and horror. And we get um, that Victorian uh, dandy Andrew Bennett, or otherwise known to the rest of us as I dot 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 vampire mm-hmm. and uh bloody mary there his um his um opposite number again uh, andrew, another andrew one of those bennett series you want to find uh, yeah andrew bennett becomes the vampire against vampires and bloody mary's like oh i love this give pass the blood um <laughs> and you know what uh, 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 again a series that was much maligned but that that uh, new 52 i vampire series uh-huh. was pretty badass it's yeah. just unfortunate that it didn't have the uh, sort of wide scale appeal, but it, it was it was a pretty cool series when it didn't get bugged down in crossovers. True. Well, yeah, yeah. crossovers kill things sometimes. It's yeah. a shame. It's a shame. Um, uh, Bennett was not the only man to die and be reborn. Keith Everett, Earl of Strathmere, was slain by thieves but returned to Earth as the Grim Ghost. Um, point of order. Yeah. Originally. This character's name was the Gay Ghost. That's right. And then became the Grey Ghost, did he not? No. No? He became the Grim Ghost. So it was just from ghost. Gay to Grim? Gay oh. to Grim. Gay to Grim. So uh, if you're looking for this character, look for the Gay Ghost. There you, go. you won't find any of his old stories published as the Grim Ghost. Um, and we also Interesting. see that... Interesting. So was this the first place that we saw him referred to as the Grim Ghost? Uh, who's who is the first place he was referred to as the Grim Ghost? I is believe. that right? Wow, yep. just yep. wow. Because he hadn't been published in like twenty five years, and they're like, "Oh, we can't call him that." Because seriously, well, Ugh. you know, yeah, yeah. Because that would imply something else. I mean, he's already he's already dressed as a bit of a dandy. Yes, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, red, so, blue, purple, red, purple, blue. Um, yeah. Where you get purple thigh-high boots in England, I do not know where, but he found them, and he was he wearing them. He did indeed, them, so. yes. Um, we see Captain Fear is uh, battling his Spanish foes. <laughs> um, and um, we see um, things are heating up in the Americas with um, Miss Liberty, Tomahawk, and Dan Hunter. Dan uh, Hunter, pers- who would later be retconned in the awesome Time Master series uh-huh. to be Rip Hunter's brother. Yep. Against um, Lord Schilling, who is uh, pictured there. Hey, have you watched the uh, the series Turn at all? No, I haven't. You should check it out. It's good. Okay, I will check it yeah. out. Yeah, just a lot of sort of Revolutionary War stuff. Oh, so it's kind of neat. I love yeah. the Re- I love Revolutionary War stuff. Yeah, I, I really you, do. I think you would enjoy it. I, I quite enjoyed okay. it anyway. 
I know it's not necessarily historically accurate, but it's, well, what is? It's, but they play yeah, around. They play TV. around with it nicely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you know, you can never have a, a fictional character become more responsible for stuff than the actual characters, the, the characters actual people who did it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they they find not nice ways around that, and it's, and it's kind <laughs> of a nice thing. ways. And it's Ew. got the it, and it stars the kid from uh, Billy Elliot as mm-hmm. uh, as a badass um, uh, spy. So well, that's good. Yeah, because he can't do ballet forever. He really. can't. You just can't. You can't. So we see um, <laughs> in the um, after the Americas have been settled, America's got her independence now. Um, America's a woman. If you didn't know, we all Americans refer to America as female. Um, I don't know why that oh, is. Oh, there's there's a deep irony thing. in that. Oh, there's there's a <laughs> huge irony in that. Look at the shape of Florida. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we see that um, fire hair. Um, one of many um, um, half-bred characters, this red-haired Indian uh, boy, um, is part of the uh, Blackfoot tribe. Um, we see the Civil War break out. We see um, our first Wild West hero, Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, baby. Um, going against El Papayayo. He's got his um, little wanted poster there. It's like, I'm coming for you. That must have been a heck of a of a job back then is you need to draw the pictures of all the guys we need to put on wanted posters over yeah. and over and over again. You See, know? everyone, yeah, they had a gig back then. Yep. And so the Western expansion begins and we see characters like Batlash, Scalp Hunter, Super Chief, Pow Wow Smith, um, El Diablo, Cinnamon, the Trigger Twins, Johnny Thunder, Madam 44, and Strongbow, all of them most of DC's Strongbow um, who loved apple cider. He did. I love <laughs> his apple cider. That's so good. And um, Nighthawk, who's not pictured here, but he should be here somewhere. Yeah. Um, these would, are most of who would um, later be a Hawkman. Yep. These are most of DC's uh, more popular um, Wild West characters. And of course, you see them pop up here and they're usually in crossovers or in time travel stories. Yeah, you wouldn't so. see a whole lot of them until actually the new 52. All Star Western. All Star Western. They mm-hmm. brought back a ton of these characters in the most awesome way. Again, here's your buyer's guide, kids. Consumer Reports. Think yep. of it that way. Is uh, that's a series like clearly there weren't enough of you buying it. So if you hadn't read it, you got to check it out. Awesome art, fantastic storytelling, and uh, and you're going to see a lot of these characters come back in that book and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a stunning series, and it's uh, it's a shame that it's that it's no longer around. Agreed, agreed. And then we switch to World War One, so we're in the um, in the trenches, baby. In the trenches, and we see where um, Immortal Man and Vandal Savage are still um, fighting each other. As um, uh, of course, Immortal Man's on the the side of the Allies, and Vandal Savage is on the side of the Axis. Even though Vandal Savage sure was, was called that, it was not then. at that time. But uh, but he was always on the wrong side of whatever always whatever conflict it was. <laughs> yeah, because he was looking to take over the world. And we see um, two characters um, that you don't see a lot of: uh, Steve Savage, the Balloon Buster, <sighs> and um, the and Hans von Hama, the Enemy Ace. These are World War One. Uh, war characters, not World War II war characters. That's right. So. And Enemy Ace, he, he, those stories are, again, those 80-page giants that I've already told mm-hmm. you to look for, you're going to find some Enemy Ace stories in there. And Enemy Ace is really interesting because he, he should technically be a bad guy. 
Uh, he's the enemy yeah, ace. Yeah. But they write him with such honor and such, you know, he he's the bad guy, but he's got the other guy's code of honor. That's right. Know? And, That's and right. it makes yeah, it, it's, it's a good point. It's yeah. one of these really weird, you know, events where it's like, well, maybe, maybe the other guy is a good guy in a way. So, yeah. you know. Uh, we turn the page and we see the rise of the Church of Brother Blood. Yes. Uh, apparently, Brother Blood has been around for a long time in Zandia, a Baltic country populated by the dregs of society, thieves, murderers, terrorists, ex-dictators. It's basically uh, the— So Napoleon uh, went there. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a country of uh, of the Mos Eisley uh, Cantina. Yes. Well, <laughs> wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> and apparently, Brother Blood begats new Brother Bloods, as he is wont to do. Yeah. And once— It's He's very all about the similar— beginning. To the uh, the Greek mythology story where the young brother blood kills the older brother blood yeah. and takes his place. And, of course, they do bathe in blood. Um, yeah, is... they don't really have a chance from the beginning, do they? No, no, yeah. they don't. And it, there's something about him being a psychic vampire and his power grows based upon the strength of his, of his followers and that kind of thing. Um, we switch over to the first official superhero... Yes. Created by DC Comics, at least, well, probably before DC was actually formed, national, whatever. It would have been a national thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we have Dr. Occult. The end of World War One marked a new beginning for the heroic age. Science ruled and even the worldwide economic crash in 1929. Yeah. And now here's the thing. Dr. Occult, he was created by a couple of guys. Um, um, hold on. Let me Jerry think. Um, Siegel and Siegel Joe and Schuster, Schuster. Right? Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. I notice nobody's fighting over the copyright to this character. <laughs> That's because they haven't done anything with him. Yeah, New Fun Comics number six from October nineteen thirty-five. Uh, that's when this one started, and so he was he was done as a supernatural detective, very much in the Sam Spade style, which was the thing at the time. The thing, right? the total thing yeah. at the time. Yeah, and um, he had a girlfriend uh, <laughs> named girlfriend, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, Rose, Rose Psychic. Psychic. Yes. And uh, if you want to see Dr. Occult at his very, very best, um, Books of Magic by Neil Gaiman. Yep. Yeah. Also, no check out the, the, the Trench Coat Brigade. True. True. Which was an unfortunate thing to name a book in uh, 1999. Um, ah, Columbine. Because <sighs> it came out, like, right, like, that month. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I also whoops. like Books of Magic just because you see that character in that book? Before Rowling wrote her book, just yes, sad. yes, just 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 look there at is it, and that's why no you've doubt. not seen him since because it's just too similar. I think. Yeah, and I, and I, I can't see that Diane Diane Nelson is the person that's going to let that uh, that that rule be broken. Nope, nope. <laughs> Given her past. Yeah. <laughs> um, we switch to the stars, and we see Abin Sur. Um, the famed Green Lantern of Space Sector 2814 flying around. So the Guardians have got the Green Lantern Corps. We turn the page and we see Man of Steel era, Lara and Jor-El, and we see the uh, planet Krypton explode. Yeah, so that had just come out at this point. Yes, that was just around. But, you know, you've got very stylized costumes, very much a different look for Krypton. Um very much a different really everything about Krypton at this point. Oh, absolutely. You know, we were used to seeing um, um, 
you know, we we saw Krypton as everyone wore the the headbands, had oh. the uh, the the '50s era um, things on their shoulders, like the uh, the, the, the epaulets or whatever. yeah, epaulets. Thank you. That that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, they had all that kind of stuff, right? And um, it is a very different thing. Um, the, the you know it was it was very much you know originally they were actually all superhuman on the planet uh-huh. at the very beginning and then it was no they're under the red sun you don't get the powers until you come off that um, but a lot of those those sort of world of Krypton stories were were really interesting things and again the there was a three issue miniseries um, uh-huh. Carrie Bates and Kurt Swan if I remember correctly. Um, or no, Kupperberg, I think, was involved. Uh, see, I don't know. <coughs> I bought it a couple of years ago. It's very cool. Listen to the episode where I bought it. And uh, <laughs> um, But um, where, where, where Superman kind of looked through the time helmet thing and looked at the history of Krypton. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's so a very different world. And, uh, and in, in Burns' uh, reboot, it was done as a very clinical, scientific world. Oh yeah, it was and very sterile. Very... Later, it would change and become somewhere in between. Uh, Jeff Loeb was a big part of that, um, and uh, well, they did some of this in Man of Steel, really. Yeah, they did. Where, You're absolutely you know, right. Yeah, it was very much this is our society, and there will be no deviations from the society. And... Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, you know, in and and this is one of the things I, I, I give Burn a lot of credit for is that that he really made it that. Um, you know, Jor El was that one person, one person on that entire planet willing to speak out against what was going on, uh-huh. and um, and somehow their sort of clinical nature made it seem more likely that they would say, "Eh, let's put our kid into this experimental rocket and throw him out to another planet." Yep. And and yeah, so I believe I believe he showed Laura a picture of people in kansas and that's she went, right oh my god barbarian yeah yeah because he had it was a farmer working in the field with his shirt off and she's like he bears his uh, skin to the uh, to the elements <laughs> yeah and uh anyway so it was it was a very different take and uh, and and i think we had only just uh we had only just seen that really because it, you know when did that like that series started 86 well it was yeah and this this came out in 86 so you know given the ways that things are done because this was july to september of 86 man of steel Uh and uh and this would have been somewhere in there but 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 we're talking a fairly tight timeline Uh because you think about the amount of time that it would take to put together this this book and that's true I I, i just think they probably already had some of this they already knew where they were going. Well, with they it. obviously did because the, the the designs are dead on. You know, they yeah. obviously did. But given the number like of George, things, here's what they're going to look at. He's like, really? Okay, I'll draw it. Fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, let's move right. on. Right. George, well, John Byrne, whatever. But at any rate, you know, this was the uh, this was kind of the thing. And and when you think about it, I mean, you know, Marvin George coming over and doing New Teen Titans was the first stage of the Marvelization of DC. Mm-hmm. True. John Byrne coming over to do Man of Steel was the next stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that, and that was really, it was really, it was as big a deal as it was uh, for them to get Byrne. It was only a few years before that it was just as big a deal for for Perez and uh, and Wolfman coming over and doing New Teen Titans. So, 
um, there's a lot of parallels between what they were doing and uh, and and what Byrne did here. So, but I ju I just think that that the you know again the coordination that it took in in putting this stuff out. You know there was a lot of you know as much as as much as there was some haphazard planning to a lot of this stuff, there were there were still some things that were in place. True. Let's not forget that. That's very true. And we, we turn the page after the two-page spread of Krypton there, and we get the uh, Vegan system is at complete war. Um, and we get the the beginnings of the Citadel and the beginnings of the Omega Men, really, where things are just... Things are going to heck in a handbasket. Um, totalitarian uh, rule and that kind of thing. And we see Kal-El's spaceship is just zipping through, zip, 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 zip. And speaking of totalitarian rule, we have now entered World War II. Yes. And the heroic age, according to the history of the DC Universe. And so we're going to start getting some characters um, swiftly here. Uh, we have Zatara, um, one of the ones who appeared in Action Comics number one, along with Superman's debut. We have Hop Harrigan. We have Crimson Avenger and Wing. We have mm. Sandman and Dollman. And um, on the next page, we have Commander Steel, who was actually a character invented in the 70s. Yeah, by Jerry Conway and Don Heck. Yep, but yeah. going back to the 40s with that's that one, right. because that's where he was. Um, we have the original uh, Flash right down there. And then we get the um, Hawks, Prince Khufu of Egypt and Shiera. Um, we're reincarnating many thousands of years after their deaths in this war-torn world. Khufu and Shira fought modern crimes with weapons from the past. We see Jim Corrigan, police detective, was killed in the line of duty, but his body returned from the dead in the form of the all-powerful Spectre. Ah, the Spectre, baby. Yep. Uh, Johnny Thunder and his magical Thunderbolt. Say, Say you! you. <laughs> um, we see chemist Rex Tyler teaching kids to stay off drugs unless they give you superhuman strength and invulnerability <laughs> and speed for an hour at a time as the Hour Man. We have the Black Condor, who's got the power to fly and maybe DC's first mutant character, actually. They actually use the word mutant here. Yes. Uh, the pint-sized Adam Al Pratt scrapping in a back alley. Uh, like probably you do. The, probably the Yancey Street gangs around there. Where's Ben Grimm? Call <laughs> in, him. Indeed, indeed. He's on his um, way. He's on his way. Uh, we see the ancient wizard Naboo hibernating since the great Egyptian dynasties was revived in the early 40s. He trained the young boy Kent Nelson in sorcery and presented him with a spear and magic helmet. No, just a magic helmet, sorry. Um, cape and amulet. And Nelson uses newfound powers to combat all evil in the guise of Dr. Fate. And we see Alan Scott has found the Starheart and he has become the Green Lantern. And we skip the page and there is um, our heroes all formed together as the Justice Society of America with um, heroes to join them, such as Starman and Dr. Midnight. And of course, whenever heroes form together, it seems like villains have to do the same. So on the next page, we have the Injustice Gang of America featuring Solomon Grundy, Brainwave, Sportsmaster, uh, Huntress, The Gambler, Per Degaton, Luthor, um, Vandal Savage, Harlequin, Fiddler, and the Wizard. Wait a second, that can't be Luthor. Yeah, it can't be Luthor, but he's there. But who is it? It looks like a Luthor, doesn't it? Who is that guy? It's someone different. 
But who, Paul? Who? I do not know. I will, I will, I will be. <laughs> it the, looks uh, like Luthor. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Why don't, why don't you figure that out? And I'm going to take on the unenviable task of naming the members of the All Star Squadron on the next two page spread. By the way, how, that, how that Mount Mickelson. Sorry, to get this I just want to go back. Remember that Mount Mickelson thing we were talking about? Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's Major Nicholson. Maybe that's who it is. No, Mount Mickelson tied into uh, Azrael, who would show up in the New Titans. Ah, the, you know, remember yeah. the angel dude? Angel um, dude. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that was. Uh, um, they, they that alien spaceship had crashed, and Vic Stone's mother um, mm. used technology to uh, to awaken him. Azrael was the whole Lilith thing, and oh God, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was what was going on at the time. So why wouldn't you talk about it? But well, I thought, and, and it was in his book, so of course he's yeah. going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I was thinking it might be a Fortress of Solitude thing, honestly. Um, I skipped two of the villains on the Injustice Gang page. It's Icicle and The Shade. Yeah. I don't know who that middle guy is. It looks like modern Luthor, and it's it can't be. It, it does, but it, but it wouldn't have been at the time, especially given... We'll call him Egghead and move on. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll dig into that. Series. I don't know. Um, on the next page, we get um, the uh, World War II event, of course, that moved America into World War II Pearl Harbor. And we see how um, President FDR has um, forced all the heroes to mobilize. Of course, they were mobilizing anyway, but he's like, yeah, you have my permission. Go ahead and do it. So we have Spectre Green Lantern. Um, let's see. Who is that guy with the blue cape on over there with no mask? That's odd. Um it's not Black Condor, because he's on the other Who page. Is this? The top of the uh, All-Star Squadron page. Yeah. The top V, there's a guy with a with Yeah, right next to Green cape. Lantern. Mm. Hawkman. Um, we've got um, Shining Knight. Looks like... Sandy next to him. Or Sandy. no, Wing. That's Wing. Is that Wing? Oh, okay. Wing and then uh, Crimson Avenger next to him, kind of. Our Man, the Thunderbolt, Human Bomb, Airway. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong because they're on the other page. Well, no, Sandman yeah. and Sandy are under there. So it's not Crimson yeah. Avenger and Yeah, Wing. Crimson yeah. Avenger and Wing are on the other side next to... Wow, uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's Green Arrow and Speedy miscolored. It <laughs> would not be the first time. It would be the first time, so let's go with that. But, but, there, but remember, there was no Golden Age Green Lantern at this point. Green Arrow. Green Arrow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was totally a green, golden age green lantern. He's up at the top of the page. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Ray, Mister America, Miss America, um, the Manhunter, Uncle Sam, Johnny Thunder, Vigilante, the Flash, Guardian, Mister Terrific, Dollman, Judo Master, um, Stripesy, Sargon, Amazing Man, Liberty Bell, Tarantula, Robot Man, Starman, Doctor Midnight. Plastic Man, Firebrand 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, we've got Commander Steel there, um, Phantom Lady, someone else with something on their head that doesn't look like they belong there to me. Where? <laughs> Stars, um, next to Phantom Lady to the left. It's not Firebrand because he's up at the top of this V. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Star Spangled Kid, Stripe Sea, <sighs> Wing, Crimson Avenger. Looks like um, the Silver Ghost or a ghost-like character right there in the back or someone yeah. they forgot to color all the way. <laughs> um, Johnny Thunder, the Whip, the Jester, Dr. Fate, um, TNT and Dan the Dynamite, uh, Black Condor, 
Wildcat, Dr. Occult, Midnight, Hot Girl, um, Golden Arrow. I think he's probably taking the place of Green Arrow here. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, Firebrand and um, Zatara. Yeah. So there's a couple characters here. I'm not sure who they are. So we might have to do an errata to this at some point later. Well, maybe, maybe. I, you know, I was looking actually to see if they had on our list of annotations um, if they had this, and of course they don't because I was wondering. It could if... be. It could be one of them. One of those guys is possibly the Red Bee. That's possible. Because he was a World War II character as well. You know, you might be right, actually. Um, you mean the, guy's ne the guy next to Our Man? Yeah, the guy next to Our Man could be the Red Bee. Maybe I the don't know about some, the kid. Maybe the other, maybe he had, a, uh, I don't know if he had a... Uh... The Red Drone. <laughs> His assistant. All right, moving on, we have the Blackhawks. Yay, Blackhawks! Ha-ha! Because um, we're now getting into the real... Um, war era heroes and of course that means we're getting um, Sergeant Rock and his easy company yeah along with of course the Germans fighting back Shocker. yeah and again that you know this the Sergeant Rock stuff you, you can't go wrong with the uh, the old um, our world's at war and yeah you, you, you just can't yeah yeah that might be the red B um, I think it is I don't know who that kid is maybe it's no. um uh, not too many, and we see Sandy, and we see uh, Dan, um, Dan the Dynamite. So those are the two junior members besides Speedy, who Speedy should not exist at this point here. So I don't know who that kid is. I'm gonna have to do some research yeah, and get back yeah, to that maybe will. for the next time we do this. Sure. But we have the Blackhawks. We have Sergeant Rock and his Easy Company. Yes, go buy those comics because they are excellent. And at the end, we see how one group of the All Star Squadron. Um, including what looks like that several ghost. of the people who I didn't know who they were. Yeah. So it's the, these are freedom fighter characters, whoever they are. Um, and so probably if we'd read a bit more, um, maybe Neon, we would the know. unknown and the invisible cloak. Wasn't that one of them that uh, Palmiati and gray brought back in, in freedom fighters? Yeah. But this, so this would have tied into how they were used in, um, in All-Star Squadron. Yep. But they were um, used as like a special squad, basically. That's right. That's right. And Think uh, of it as Legion Espionage Squad, but for World War II. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So we had... Um, so let's see. So the Freedom Fighters. Um, so in addition to the core members... Um, We had uh, Red Bee, Miss America, Manhunter, Plastic Man, and Quicksilver. A different Quicksilver. <laughs> Way different Quicksilver. Which, which was actually the one that was based on Max Mercury. Yep. Max and, Mercury um, became the new name for him because, that's, that's well, right. Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Was, it was problematic at best. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I was just looking up some... some I think one of them's Neon the Unknown, and the other one's the Invisible Cloak or something like that. That's my that's my best guess. Yeah. But really, that brings us to the end of uh, of, the, of this book issue. one. Yeah, it does. And uh, so, yeah. So the um, you know, throughout the history of the world, there were freedom fighters. And this is their history, whether un whether uniformed or not, whether powered or ordinary. And so ends book one of the history of the heroic ages.
Mm-hmm. I've been able to place them chronologically and thus show a continuity of events. Oh, there's an important <laughs> word. Uh, word. The immortals who uh, lived at the dawn of time returned throughout history, affecting man and his progress. The yep. sinking of a seemingly unrelated island will have its effects seen in book two. Yes, it will. Yes. What began many years in the past will be remembered and acted upon many centuries from now. What was affects what is and what will be. That's so poetic. Isn't it? This, more than any other reason, is why this history of the universe is needed. To look at the heroic age without perspective, to understand one element without seeing the whole, is to do it a vast injustice. Mm. Our tale has but begun. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. I think that is possibly the best spot at which to uh, to end this episode. Indeed. So comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble and head back to the 21st century where some of this stuff may have changed. Who knows? (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Who knows? And we will see you all next week. Nanda Parbat.